Hello fellow humans, Chris here again. Happy Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, may not be Sunday morning by the time you see this, but uh, I, I want to try to start doing more variable types of content. And one of the things I like to do is um, book reviews. If you knew me in real life, you would know that I love to talk about stuff that I've watched or read and analyze it. <laughs> so I'm going to start incorporating that a little bit into the channel. Um, so I'm going to start off with a uh, book review of a book that I am actually only about halfway through, but it is a very long read and it's actually going to be two books. So there's going to be a, a second part to it. Uh, so I'm going to start where I'm at now. Uh, the book is A Promised Land by Barack Obama. And as I said, there's going to be a second volume. So it, this is his memoirs. And it's it's pretty extensive, so I think that the point I'm at right now is kind of a good break point to discuss up until that point, and then when I finish it, and then eventually the second volume will come out, I'll review that also. Uh, so for right now, I'm going to just review the, it's basically the first half of A Promised Land by Barack Obama. Um, and uh, what I did was I kind of uh, broke it down by presentation, content, and self-awareness. Um, these are my rules. These are my qualifiers. Uh, I'm not a professional book reviewer, so I don't know what the you know what the typical uh, content type uh, categorization you go with in these sorts of reviews. This is just what I made up. All right. So presentation, content, self-awareness. So for presentation. Um, I mean, I'll start off by saying I'm actually listening to the audiobook, which is read by Barack Obama himself. So, I mean, there's not much to say here. It's it's an excellent read. Uh, he's a he's an amazing speaker, uh, very clear, very concise, uh, great writer. Everything everything comes off very clearly. Uh, it flows very nicely. He's just a really good storyteller, and I I definitely enjoy listening to it. It is a it's a you know audiobooks are an interesting animal because the narrator can totally make or break the audiobook experience and uh, as I've mentioned before I drive pretty far for work so audiobooks are nice for that sort of thing um, so anyway presentation wise you know again I'm biased because I I really enjoy Barack Obama's speaking I think he's one of the greatest speakers uh, of my life that I've seen uh, and uh, I think that it's presented extremely well um, so if I'm going off the Goodreads five-star uh, reviews I would give them a five for presentation uh, content again uh, pretty solid uh, basically the it starts very very early in his life and progresses through his time um, getting through school, uh, being raised by a uh, single mother. His father was almost non-existent. He, he, I think he said he only met him once when he was like 13 or 14. Uh, um, so that all shaped him tremendously, obviously. Uh, he talks about how he met Michelle Obama. It's a really good story about, about meeting her at law school and how he got into local politics uh, first off and then kind of working his way up through to state senate and then to the U.S. Senate and then eventually, of course, the White House. And all of that is, it's really good. Uh, 
it's illuminating. It, uh, there lot, it highlights a lot of things that I already knew, and it also brings in a lot of things that I didn't knew, didn't know. A lot of personal details. Um, one of the things I really thought was interesting was how um, he had a lot of tension with Michelle uh, regarding his politics, uh, his, specifically his endeavors into politics, particularly when it got up to the Senate level and beyond. Um, it took a toll on their marriage. Um, and the family life just in general, which is understandable. I mean, it's a big commitment of time away from the family. And there definitely carries with it financial risk um, because you he's not able to practice law uh, while he's pursuing these endeavors um, or, or being a professor as he is a professor or was anyway. So it, it really gives a lot of interesting uh, kind of a background look uh, into that part of it, which I think is pretty cool because Michelle Obama is somebody who I've always really respected. I think she comes off uh, very smart, um, very compassionate and caring in her own right. You know, when she did the, she, she did a lot for, um, uh, for healthy kids, um, you know, diet, food and all that sort of thing. Um, just making sure we're feeding kids the right sorts of foods um, I've always thought that she seemed like a very caring person and seemed very supportive of uh, Obama. And in the public, that's kind of how it's been perceived. But behind the scenes, uh, she was not uh, always um, really enthusiastic about his endeavors. And when it came time to, um, when, when the presidency presented itself as, as, a, as an option for him, um, she was not happy with it at first, but as the time went by, I think she came to see that his prospects of of getting the nomination and winning were actually higher than they might have originally thought, uh, based on the climate at the time. You know, the, the, we were in the, a very unpopular war. Um, the Democrats had just completely sweep, swept through the 2006 midterm elections uh, took control back of the House and the Senate. Um, Rams, uh, Donald Rumsfeld had been had been fired, uh, so it was just that it was timing was very good for him because if you're talking about a change, you know somebody a black uh, Kenyan uh, not not Kenyan born but um, his father being from Kenya, and then there was this sort of well, we know the story of what happened with Donald Trump down the road uh, about him not being uh, a citizen of the country. But just all that aside, just a, a black man with the middle name Hussein, um, <laughs> it, it, it seems kind of out there. But the time that we were in, this nation was really wanting for a change. And he represented that more than anybody. I think, I think even Michelle Obama recognized the, the potential there. And obviously he went went on and um, dominated that election, um, won the nominee uh, nomination, and very uh, very uh, strongly won the uh, the presidency over John McCain. So I thought that was really interesting, um, just getting into the behind the scenes of their their life at home and the dynamics of their marriage. And I think it's I think it was good um, to just see that. They're real people, and they had their own marital problems uh, because there are certain th- there are certain things in life that I think um, a lot of people experience, and I know that I personally have had 
hardships in um, different aspects of my personal and work life. Uh, and it's it's kind of refreshing to know that even even a, a person as highly decorated and respected as a, a Barack Obama uh, struggles with those sorts of things as well. Um, other than that, uh, I, I, th- I felt like it does a really good job of explaining what was going on with with context, with the context of a president who is who's privy to you know the PDBs, the, the presidential daily briefs, so intelligence reports that we don't see. Uh, so kind of with all that in context, the the happenings that were going on from the time he took office. Uh, at the point I'm at the book now, I'm at about kind of near the end of 2009. So basically, we're in the uh, the, the wake of the housing crisis, the banking crisis, um, the, the massive auto bailouts that were implemented by the Bush administration, but Obama was very quickly put into a similar situation with the banks, um, the, uh, the Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac uh, situation there. Um, all the deregulation that had been happening under the Bush administration were leading to all these um, bad loans being put out and, and houses were going belly up. Uh, banks were in in uh, in danger of of going bankrupt themselves. Uh, so there was a whole there were, there was a lot of legislation that was passed during those couple years to basically try to save these banks that were you know too big to fail. Um, so he he does a really good job of kind of explaining how that started from his point of view and kind of how his inner circle sort of prepped him on what was going on. And he also gives some interesting context. He takes back to the early 90s uh, when he was living in an apartment himself in Chicago. Uh, and I won't get too far into detail into all that. Uh, but uh, it's it's just interesting. It gives good context to what we know was happening and then what was happening kind of behind the scenes from his perspective. So I thought that was really good too. Uh, I would probably give that a four uh, just because... It is a little bit difficult to give a full, I don't know, four and a half. Goodreads, you can't do four and a half. You can only do four or five. So I might be nice and give that a five. It was pretty good. I mean, it was it was good content. So the big part where I'm going to be more critical is my self-awareness category, which, uh, you know, truth be told, I was trying to think of a way to word it in a way that would kind of justify my being a little bit more critical because what I mean by self-awareness here is uh, kind of a reflection on choices that he made and with the benefit of hindsight being a little bit more fair in his self-assessment on possible mistakes he might have made. And why I would give the self-awareness a little bit lesser here uh, is because, at, at least up until the point that I'm at, I don't think he's, he doesn't seem particularly, you know, regretful um, about the shortcomings of, of his administration. Now, politically, I, I wasn't a super huge fan of, of Obama's and you know, if you've been watching me for for a while, you probably could ascertain that it's because I didn't think he went far enough uh, progressively. Um, and now I get that he was tied up by 
the Senate, Mitch McConnell in particular, who, I mean, he outright said that he hit the whole goal for the Republican Party was to just stop anything that Obama tries to do. So I get that. But I think politically, I always felt at the time uh, that Obama was too soft when it came to really strong arming and exposing the Republicans for the obst- obstructing that they were doing. Um, in particular, things like in like in 2010 when they decided to extend the Bush tax cuts uh, because the Republicans were holding up the continuation of unemployment benefits because we were still in the wake of a horrible recession. Um, they were they were going to hold up the continuation of those unemployment benefits unless we also extended the Bush tax cuts, which Obama had always... I mean, he had campa- he campaigned against that. And ultimately, he went ahead and allowed for the extension of the Bush tax cuts. And I always felt like that kind of demonstrated his weakness. Um, if I'm being honest here, I felt that he was, he was weak um, in that he would he would very quickly go across the aisle to compromise, which obviously, I mean, compromise politically is a necessity, but at the same time, there are certain times when you can just say, you know what, this is, this is what we're putting on the table, and um, you know, I'm going to let the American people see who is the one deciding to, um, to hold back unemployment benefits. Um, and I just felt like that was an example of a, of a trend that I saw a lot, and it happened with Obamacare as well. Um, just giving too much power to the right, to, to the Republicans. Um, and I guess what I'm saying in hindsight, so when I say self-awareness, I'm not, I'm not critiquing the book itself on what he did at the time politically. You know, that's a different discussion. Like, wh- what do we think of his performance as president? But for the context of the book itself, what I'm judging it on is his today um, honest reflection on his choices in the past. And aside from those examples, some of the things that really stuck out to me were he uh, he was extremely concerned with how he was perceived, especially by by white America. And you saw this with, um, like, with the Reverend Jeremiah Wright situation, where uh, he had said some inflammatory things at a church, um, and he had been Obama's reverend um, years before, and um, Obama kind of had to distance himself from that because it was a political liability, obviously. Um, but what Reverend Wright had said in totality with like his whole sermon was honestly not really <laughs> that bad um, y- y- if you take into context the whole message he was he was saying um, but Obama understood that what he was saying could be a political liability and he really had to distance himself from him and he actually ended up removing Jeremiah Wright from being one of his uh, for one of his Big speech. It might have been for the. I can't remember if it was for the actual DNC uh, for the nomination or if it was something before that. But he had to, he had removed Jeremiah Wright from being one of his introducers, um, and and Wright was kind of hurt by that. And the reason he did that was because of how he thought he would be perceived. And I'm not necessarily saying that he was wrong 
in that specific situation. Again, I, I can't, you know, I can't put myself in that situation. I wasn't there um, and, and the pressures that he was under. So I can't say that I'm judging him specifically on that, but I, I just felt like there was a trend of him making choices um, based on white America and our sense of what makes us feel good and what makes us feel kind of, you know, oh, we don't want to talk about that, uncomfortable. And, and a lot of it had to do with, you know, when it was critical of of the history of white America towards black people in this country. And I get that, again, politically, you have to do some of that. He might not have gotten the nomination. He might not have won if he had been more honest. But at the same time, I don't believe that he believed, or I guess I should say, I, I think that he held, he repressed a lot of truths um, and um, in, in order to get to where he was where, politically, where he was trying to get. Now, does that make him a sellout? I don't know. You know, again, I, he can't, he might not have been able to be president if he had been more honest, but at the same time, I, I didn't think personally that he did a particularly good job as, as president of, uh, bridging the the racial gap um you know and i'm saying that as a as a white man so i recognize that i am speaking from a different point of view but i do know that a lot of uh black americans particularly ones that lived in flint um did not feel that he um represented them and when he went to flint and he drank that water uh when they had the uh the lead in the water um which, which I think that it had come up that he actually didn't, it wasn't even actually Michigan, like Flint water. It was just like bottled water that he brought in. Like, they felt betrayed by him. And I feel like that was sort of an example of the kinds of things that he would do to try to appease people. And, um, you know, I just, I just felt like in general, and this is one of my critiques of Obama as a, as a president, was just that he was too concerned with just being liked and being nice and um, reaching across the aisle and appeasing white men to be totally honest about it um, and again I, and I don't want to like come down on it too hard because again I do acknowledge that you have to kind of play that game to a certain extent but again if we're, we're talking in retrospect here his analysis of self in the book I, I don't feel like there's a, a lot of self-critique in that aspect of it, in his decision making politically to, you know, again, for example, Reverend Wright, distancing himself from him, I, in retrospect, I don't know if he feels bad about that or maybe thinks that he should have done differently because a lot of times it comes up in the book where he's, he'll acknowledge a decision that maybe was difficult or something that he wasn't sure about, but even in retrospect, he says, I would still make that same decision. Um, so anyway, I, I mean, that's just kind of my take on it. So self-awareness, I'd probably bring it down, maybe like three. Um, again, I, I, <laughs> I'm not a professional book reviewer, so I'll get better at this as I go along. That's just kind of my overall take. Uh, again, the, uh, 
the presentation and the content itself I think is excellent. I've always liked Barack Obama as a as a man. I think he's a good person. Uh, I think he's a great family man. I think that he does have a good heart and he has good intentions. I just think that he has been too concerned with being liked. Part of the part of that is the fact that he was just going to be hated no matter what anyway. I mean, there's just there's just a a base of Republicans who were just never going to like him, never did and never will. And uh, so just kind of like, why bother trying to win them over? Don't, rather than trying to reach across the aisle to people that don't even want to work with you anyway, why not build off your base and uh, kind of embrace the left, to be totally honest, and embrace progressivism. But at the end of the day... Barack Obama, for for all his his uh, strengths as a person, and 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 as I said, a, a, an excellent speaker, and I think a great a great man uh, as a human being, uh, just kind of just your everyday standard, basic sort of corporate business capitalistic politician that we've that we're used to, and I think that was kind of for me personally, it was it was an awakening because. Obama was the second president that I voted for, um, or the second election that I voted in for president, uh, the first one being uh, George Bush and Kerry. And I personally felt really strongly about Obama. I was young, and you know, my young, wide-eyed, like, oh, wow, look at this guy. He's, he's really different. You can tell. I mean, I went and saw him speak live. And I just was blown away by his his speaking ability and what he had to. He always he always said the right things. He always said the things that you wanted to hear. So after he won in the first couple years of presidency, kind of felt like I had the wool removed from my eyes and realized that okay, no, he's just he's not horrible, but he's just like any other basic centrist Democrat. So. You know, it was a good learning experience for me. Um, so I guess it just in 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 general, he, I didn't feel like he's now. I to be fair, I haven't finished the book. I'm only halfway through, and he's also got a second volume, so which hasn't come out yet. But uh, anyway, uh, that, that's I'll just leave it at that for now. Uh, if you've read the book, feel free to let me know in the comments what you think. Um, if you haven't, I definitely would still recommend it. I think it's I think it's a great uh, read, and if if you enjoy audiobooks and you enjoy just Obama speaking, which as I said I do, I think he's an excellent speaker. Uh, his voice is a it's a very nice soothing voice. It's it's enjoyable to listen to, so it's worth it for that as well. Um, and I think it's enlightening and it's got a lot of interesting content and context. So check it out. Uh, right now, my, my running grade would probably be a four on Goodreads. I'll actually leave my I'll leave my uh, info to Goodreads. I guess if anyone's on Goodreads, you know, friend me on there. Uh, I like looking at other people's reviews of books as well. So anyway, I will uh, I will update this when I get to the rest of the book. And uh, if you have any comments or questions on the book, let me know, and I will uh, catch up with you all again. Happy Sunday. Uh, happy Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, go Bengals, just because I don't ever root for a team from L.A. as a general rule. So <laughs> have a great day, and remember, don't be afraid to question the consensus.